The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. On this very special edition of the Mike Wise Show, it's part two of our four-part series on the North Carolina basketball family, created by the late great coach and mentor Dean Smith. We welcome back our panel of Tar Heel greats who represent three decades of UNC basketball, and they're coming right up. But since Coach Smith always wanted everyone to be a gentleman, Darlene, please go first. The Mike Wise Show is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is hosted by a guy who played basketball atrociously for Hawaii Pacific College, which forced him into journalism. And, oh yeah, he wrote about basketball for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and ESPN. He's also a wise-ass, and so are many of his guests. Right, Mike? Thanks, Darlene. George Carl was a sophomore on Coach Smith's first championship team, the 1971 NIT championship team, when the NIT meant more than it does today. George was first team All-ACC in 1973, Matt Doherty started on Coach Smith's first NCAA title team in 1982 alongside teammates Sam Perkins, James Worthy, and, oh yes, a guy named Michael Jordan. George Lynch led the Tar Heels to the 1993 national title, Coach Smith's second and final national championship team. Before the guys begin their discussion with my producer and co-host Bruce Bernstein, here's Brad Doherty, who was at UNC from 1983 to 86, talking about the extended Tar Heel family. When you look at the basketball side of the way he impacted the game, you're looking at you're just talking about a guy. It's just it's so much more than how many games you win, uh, and that's why when you look back through his tenure at North Carolina, there's a, a huge. It's not a thread. It's a cord. Uh, I mean, I see. It's fun. I was standing. I was in Santa Monica last week, and I was getting ready to walk into a restaurant and. I heard somebody yelling my name. It was a crowd, and I was just trying to turn in. I, was like, I wasn't paying attention. And all of a sudden, somebody grabbed my shoulder, and it was King Rice and Rick Fox, hmm. who were younger than I am. Yeah. And But they're like my brothers. And we hugged each other, and it was just like I was so happy to see them. And it's, if I see Billy Cunningham, uh, who's much older than I am, mm-hmm. I'm so happy to see him. Same thing if I'm talking to Michael Jordan or if I'm talking to Sam Perkins or James Worthy or if I'm talking to Ralph Meekins, who was the manager on, on some of our teams, or David Hart. It's like Coach Smith created this huge family of guys and, and gals who were managers, and we're all linked through his uh, through him. All right, let's start with Matt Doherty. No blood relation to Brad, except for the Carolina blue blood running through your veins. Uh, you and Brad were teammates for two seasons. Uh, Matt, let's start with you. Uh, tell us about the family and how how important it is to you, and how it kind of how how you first started feeling like a family there. It, it's real to this day. I'm 59 years old. I finished playing there in '84. Um, you know, when I was being recruited, they had players from Long Island, uh, Mitch Kupchak, um, Chris Brust, Jimmy Black was from New York City. And um, I remember after my first year, I think it was, 
Mitch had a camp on Long Island at CW Post, which was about 20 minutes from my house. And I worked at his camp. And Mitch came to my house after camp to have dinner with my family. You know, we grilled burgers. We, we joked. Mitch went to Burger King or McDonald's before he came to my house, had like three Big Macs because he has a big appetite and didn't want to want, he had like a pregame before the game. So he wouldn't eat us out of house and home. But my relationship with Mitch Kupchak is probably as tight as it is with Michael Jordan and Jimmy Braddock and Buzz Peterson, guys I played with. Michael Korn is one of my favorite players of all time. And one of the reasons I fell in love with North Carolina. George Carl, I mean, George Lynch. George and I do a podcast together. Um, I called the basketball office yesterday, called Sean May, who I recruited and coached at North Carolina. There's a player that was, you know, having some problems. And I called for him, that player who I, who I never, never even met. The Carolina family's real. And um, I think it creates a lot of jealousy with a lot of other teams because nobody's got it like we've got it. George Lynch, Duke tried to copy this, didn't they? But it hasn't really, it's not quite the same with those Dukies, is it? No, not at all. Um, you know, when you when you sent that that brotherhood uh, message earlier, it, it kind of took me back to, you know, I was I was in Chapel Hill maybe a couple of years ago, and uh, we were sitting around, and a couple other guys like Coach Doherty said I'd never played with. I knew him, and I you know knew him just by you know being a part of the family. You know, the conversation came up. Oh, Duke is doing this brotherhood thing, and it. And it kind of uh, in, embedded in me that the family that we started years ago, like, like, like Coach Doherty and Coach Carr said back in the 60s, being a part of the family and, and other teams want to duplicate us by calling themselves the brotherhood and the gang or whatever words they use. I think we, we are truly a family. Um, and, it, and it started back when you, come, you first came on campus as a high school senior or junior. And Coach Smith said, look, these are the guys that's going to take you out. They're going to recruit you. And if they like you enough to put, bring you a part of the family, then we will have you as a team. And he was true about it. Yeah, I remember coming in as a high school senior, highly recruited, like Coach Doherty said. Everybody's McDonald's All-Americans. King Rice, Rick Fox, Kevin Madden uh, took me around. And, and they kept mentioning this is a family. You know, you know, luckily enough, they liked me enough that they wanted me to be a part of the family. And, uh, and then I continue to remember me being a junior and senior, taking the freshmen out in high school season. That's how we recruited them on being a part of the family. Coach Carl, you're the you're the older brother in this uh, version of the family uh, in this show here. Uh, what does the UNC family mean to you? And can it uh, you know, it's it's often copied but never really duplicated right i don't think we're giving enough service i mean matt and george are telling good stories but it's unbelievable the connection and loyalty and love for a university because of a man that taught us about how to grow up and how to be a man and the stories are all over the place i mean 
as I said, I go back to the 1957 championship team. They, they, they think I'm the greatest guy in the world. <laughs> and then, you know, if you see a, a player, I mean, from North Carolina, we always, we always exchange at least a conversation, but a, usually a long conversation. There is a connection, a unity, a loyalty, and a dedication to, to whatever we can do to continue the legacy of Coach Smith. And, and, and I'll also say, I think Coach Guthridge and Coach Williams, I mean, they, the, all three of them are true Tar Heel coaches that we love and we will do anything for anything i mean um, i mean we I, the loyalty is unbelievable the friendships are unbelievable the commitment to one another is unbelievable i mean coach smith called me up i think three or four times and i think everybody knows i'm somewhat of a liberal guy and he wanted me to write a check for some republican north carolina guys that played in 1957 or 58 and you know i never said no I always wrote the check. I mean, if he wanted me to help a guy out that was a Tar Heel, we're going to do it. And the stories are just legendary. I think Coach Williams and Coach uh, Coach uh, Guthridge did a great job of bringing us all back there in some way or some manner. For, I mean, we're going to have the Doug Mo Golf Invitation for the last time this year. Uh, that Coach Smith started and Coach Brown started probably 30 years ago. And we go to Pinehurst every summer and about, you know, 10 to 15 of us, mostly Carolina guys, but also some NBA guys. And we get together and we play golf. And Coach Smith used to be the leader of that. Coach Guthridge used to be the leader of that. I remember Coach Guthridge and Coach Smith getting into fights about, you know, where we should tee off from, you know, and and getting into fights about the length of the leather on your putter to get for a gimme. I mean, I loved it because Coach Smith and Coach Guthrie's don't look, they act like they're not competitive, but to be honest with you, they're competitive SOPs to a big time level. And they, 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 they didn't, you couldn't play for Coach Smith if you weren't competitive. George Carl described how he respected Coach Smith so much that he made a donation to someone Coach recommended, even when it might have gone against some of his own beliefs. But Coach Carl wasn't the only one who showed such devotion to Coach Smith. Here's former Tar Heel player and Hall of Fame coach Larry Brown with a similar story of respect and loyalty. At the time, Brown was a young head coach running the Denver Nuggets, getting ready for his second NBA season and preparing for the 1977 NBA draft. Coach Brown picks up the story from here. Two minutes before the draft, Coach called me up and told me Tommy Lagarde failed this physical and New Jersey was taking Bernard King, and he said, you're taking Tommy Lagarde, and hung up. <laughs> um, so now um, I'm, I'm afraid to tell my owners that, and it's called Shear. Um, and I found out that Tommy Lagarde had flunked because he had a bad knee. Um, well, the draft went on, and New Jersey, sure enough, took Bernard then five, six, seven went, and all of a sudden, we're going to either take Tree Rollins or Bernard King in everybody's idea, and you only have five minutes in the draft. Everybody's dying to know who I'm going to tell them to take, and you got to tell the guy in Denver to call New York and tell him you pick. 
So the eighth pick went, and both of them were still there. And now everybody's going crazy. What are you going to do, Larry? You know, so uh, I whispered into the guy's ear the Denver Nuggets were the ninth pick and take Tommy Lagarde. Well, when everybody heard it, they went crazy. Tommy Lagarde, and by that time, it had gotten around that he had a flunk the physical. And people weren't real excited about me. We flew him in. He flunked our physical. Um, and when we signed him, there was an exception made that if he hurt that knee, we didn't have to pay him. But if we traded him, his full contract was going to be guaranteed. So we were playing golf that summer. Oh, by the way, we traded him. Lenny Wilkins wanted to get rid of a guy, and he knew he knew about Tommy and wanted Tommy, even though Tommy could play maybe one game and maybe have to sit out a game. So I'm playing golf with Coach that summer, and, and I said, Coach, why did you make me take Tommy? You knew he couldn't play. You knew he was hurt. And he said, Larry, I knew you'd be all right. <laughs> and that, that was just that was just huh. that. That was the kind of person he was. And I, if you look back on my career, I, I drafted everybody from Carolina. Um, anybody told me to, um, no matter what. Um, and matter, matter of fact, we had the 60th pick, which is the last pick in one draft. And I was going to take Scott Williams. And he called me and said, don't you dare take Scott Williams at 60. I said, coach. We had him down in the top 20 in the draft. He said, well, if you take him, he's stuck with you. Otherwise, now he's got 29 other teams that can go after him. And that was when you didn't have to guarantee a second-round contract. So right. he ended up going to Chicago, getting a bonus, and winning about three championships with Michael Jordan. Can you imagine such a thing happening in today's NBA? Please join us next week on the Mike Wise Show as we discuss how Coach Smith respected every player's beliefs and encouraged them to follow their consciences, but also was demanding both on the court and in the classroom. Thanks to our guests, George Lynch, Matt Doherty, and George Carl. Thanks also to our very talented editor, Kristen Woolley. If you're enjoying this series, we featured some selected video segments from our Carolina panelists on the Pure Hoops Media YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and search Pure Hoops Media. Along with my producer and co-host, Bruce Bernstein, I'm Mike Wise, and we'll see you next week. The Mike Wise Show used to be called The Wise Ass Show, but it remains a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.